You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What's up, Out of Bounds Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. Come with us, Out of Bounds, as we discuss and debate the latest topics in the world of sports. We have a great show ahead, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast, the sports podcast where we dive into current and up-to-date sports topics. I'm your host, Corey Harrison. On my show, you will hear from everyday podcasters like myself sharing their personal feelings about sports news and updates. There won't be any experts, just honest opinions and debates. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. I'm joined with Daniel Artes and Big Baby Jonathan from the Big Baby Jonathan Podcast. How y'all doing, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm How you doing, doing great. Baby? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on, Corey. It's a pleasure to be on again. So, man, so first things first, um, I want to kind of get into this this last dance topic. I did uh, get an opportunity to listen to um, Daniel's podcast and so some of the questions are probably going to be repeated from his podcast but i do want to uh kind of get his take uh since now he's on the out of bounds podcast um james jordan uh, i want to kind of dive into that a bit because before that that, sh- that um that um episode had aired i want to kind of see them kind of delve a little bit more deeper into his relationship with his father you know obviously they were close but i kind of want to see um, how it impacted him a little bit more in details outside of what was reported. So um, I guess I'll start with you, Daniel, and then Big Baby, you kind of can chime in after that. Um, so how mm-hmm. do, you, do you feel about how the media handled that situation and how do you feel like it impacted Michael uh, moving forward after that? Well, I think that it impacted Michael Jordan going forward as in – as in, like, hey, I'm not dealing with the media no more. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that as far as, yeah, the media, they fumbled the bag on that one. 
You know what I'm saying? Like how how they just automatically assumed that just because this man passed this man passed away, you know how he did that it was directly you know Jordan gambling situation was directly responsible, you know. And then when they found out the killers, you know these kids was 18 years old at the time. I'm sorry, you know I don't think that if Jordan had any gambling situations like that, I don't think that any type of, you know, gang leader or mob boss would send two 18-year-olds to do the job, you know, of, of killing somebody. You know what I'm saying? They will send some veterans or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I think that it was just a, a bad time and situation where um, these kids seen a, you know, seen a guy in a nice Lexus, then, you know, who knows what happened after that, you know, what led James Jordan to be shot. You know, maybe it was a, a scuffle, a struggle or something like that when they was trying to rob him. And then that happened, you know, you know, those kids was too young. So I, I when they, you know, said that, you know, Jordan, you know, gambling situation was partly responsible for his father dying. I was just like, that's 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 crazy. You know, and I'm, um, the media is lucky that there was no social media back then. I think that they would have got torn to shreds for that because that was just really, you know, disrespectful. Yeah, even the guy that um, was reportedly, I think his name was Sam. I can't remember his last name. Sam something like it. He had wrote a book about Michael Jordan, and he mm-hmm. thought it was out of bounds as well, um, just how the media kind of handled that situation. If you even look at it, it just looked like a random act of violence, you know, two 18-year-olds trying to, you know, make a name for themselves. And I think they was doing like a, they had rap, uh, rap career, uh, aspiring rap careers going on. They was wearing the jewelry on the, uh, around, you know, flaunting. They had like, um, 30 something plus calls from his car phone, you know, calling family and friends and things like that. So for them to kind of, you know, attribute that to Michael Jordan's gambling problem, I think it was a low blow to say the least. Um, big baby, Jonathan, what's your, your take on that? It's crazy. What, what happened with his dad? And I agree with Daniel Ortiz, man. If the media was around then, it would be crazy, you know? Everybody would be going crazy, you know? It's just crazy that happened, man. Sucks that it happened, you know? And for me, like, the the to use that, you know, as a, um, a way to kind of break a story, I mean, if you think about the media now, they, you know, fumble all the time with different things that they're trying they try to be the first one to report something and yeah. just be the and these high profile athletes they're they're having to deal with this stuff publicly you know versus mm-hmm. someone like me um or somebody else that's lesser known we can mm-hmm. deal with that privately and kind of compartmentalize that but he's still expected to perform to do a job in the public eye and I just exactly. thought that was, mm-hmm. you know, really low for the media. Even no, regardless of what you feel about Michael Jordan as a person or as an athlete or whatever, I feel like you know he should have been afforded that time to be able to grieve in private. Yeah, but you know, this is the media, man. You know, they ain't they ain't doing anything. You know, the media don't care. You know, they they need that story. They need that tip. It's not even about if you're right. It's like you said. It's about them trying to be first. You know what I'm saying? And they'll go through hell to get a story, to get anything. Like even with paparazzi, you mm-hmm. see why, you know, if it's not basketball, it's not basketball, but look what happened to Princess Diana. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because paparazzi, you know, trying to chase her down and and then, you know, she ended up losing her life in a car accident. You know what I'm saying? The media is just are just like ravenous pit bulls when it comes to stories like that. They would do anything. They will sell their soul to get uh, an, um, a quote. 
If not, then they'll make up a quote. And kudos to Sam Smith as mm-hmm. well, the author of um, The Jordan Rules. You know, he is a reporter like that. So for him to actually say that was a bad idea, that the media, you know, was um, just a jump to conclusions and assumptions like that, that was really that was really nice of him to do that because he's one of those type of reporters, one of those right. type of investigative right. reporters that will do anything to to get the news, you know, whether it's right or or, or wrong. If I'm not mistaken, he's the one to uncover his gambling in Atlantic City, right? Yeah, I think so. So he's the one that kind of unearthed all this gambling uh, with Michael in the first place because they couldn't find him in the, in the first place when he went to go with his dad um, yeah. before the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Yeah, which and, and, and that's, you know, that should be overblown. You know, as you know, I'm from New York City. Atlantic mm-hmm. City is literally, it's not even two hours away. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like 90 right. minutes. You know, if somebody wants to go, you know, blow off some steam, they should be able to, you know, especially somebody of Michael Jordan's caliber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then, you know, his star is, you know, his superstardom is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So what? that's the way he can get away, go gamble, go hang out with his family real quick during playoffs. Then, you know, so be it. Um, is it affecting his play? No. You know, Absolutely. So I, don't see, I don't see the fuss about it. Right. So I want to kind of jump into a little bit after that when um, he announced his retirement. Um, mm. Man, it almost looked like somebody died in Chicago mm. when you looked at the impact that people were, you know, crazy, you know, going crazy about the his retirement. You mm-hmm. know, you seen like some of the people and how their reaction was and how everybody found out uh, while Michael was throwing out the first pitch at that baseball game and he tried to duck out um, and avoid the media because they had already caught wind that he was going to announce his retirement soon. But, you know, just think about – talk about that city. You know, it just seemed like somebody, you know, you would thought Michael had passed away or something like that, um, the way everybody was reacting to that news. Um, I guess, you know, what are your thoughts on that, Daniel? Yeah, um, I remember I was 10 going on 11 when he retired, you know, and I just thought that, like, the sky was falling. And it's funny because I'm not even a, a Bulls fan or or big or Michael Jordan like that, you know. Um, so to – like when when that news came, it was just it was just pretty shocking that he was retiring, even as a ten year old, because that's all you see on the TV was Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan this, Michael Jordan that. But then as you get older, you know, as you get older, it's like like wow, this dude was going to retire at thirty. Like, was he going to do it forever, or was he coming back? You know, but he never closed the door in it. Obviously, he even said it on the documentary. He didn't close the door in it, and so so he always had a way to get back in whenever he wanted to. I had a question, but I want to get Big Baby's uh, take on that topic. But I do have a question because you you brought up an interesting topic just in that um, that uh, analogy you just put out. But I want to um, get Big Baby's topic. I mean, uh, take on it first, and then I want to kind of go back to that. All right, uh, Michael Jordan retiring, announcing it because I didn't really see him. I I got was born nineteen ninety three, so I didn't really go through that but i did see it on the documentary man if i was in that era i'd been shot i'd been probably crying too man it's michael jones legend at what he does man you know even so, when, when kobe retired when kobe announced it i shed a tear so i understand what bulls fans went through when michael jordan retired hey you know? man listen me i'm 37 so yeah. like back then it was mm-hmm. it was bigger than that it was yeah. it wasn't even it wasn't even on the same level mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying of course mm-hmm. when kobe was see the, situ- the thing with Kobe, mm-hmm. he was on the downside of his career. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But with, with Jordan, mm-hmm. he was only 30. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He retired mm-hmm. at the top of his game, just won a championship. And then, 
you know, everything that happened in that summer with his father passing away. And then all of a sudden now it's, now it's this, whatever, you know, um, it was just a different level back then. I, I like, even like all these years later, I still remember it a lot. Like that whole summer was basically speculation after speculation was Jordan going to do this and what Jordan was going to do that. You know, it was, I know, you know, the Kobe fans shed a tear, but like, even like the media, it was huge. Cause of, you know, like think about it. What if, you know, Kobe, you know, wanted to retire at 30, like mm-hmm. just imagine like you got so much left on the table and you're just willing to walk away from it. But think about this as well. Jordan was going to retire after the second um, championship. And the only reason why he came back to three-peat in 93 was because Magic and Larry Bird never three-peated. Mm. So he wanted to do that. Show the competitiveness of him, too, as well, Corey. Right, right. Yeah, that that was um, – I did catch that, too. He wanted to do it, too, because those two greats wasn't able to do that. So he wanted to come back and try to, you know, finish that so he can be able to say that he did something that they weren't able to do. So my my um my uh question that I want to ask, so what do you feel about that 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 little part in there where they was talking about this could have been a secret suspension? Now you did touch on something that kind of like washes that out. He was already talking that talking about retiring after the second championship. So yeah. for them to uh basically make it feel like it's a like it was a secret suspension by David Stern with him already pre-planning before to retire. What do you feel about them making that uh, assumption that he was uh, probably secretly suspended by David Stern? Do you believe David Stern? Do you believe this is true? Because, as you know, gambling in sports is the number one thing that you just do not do. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, like you said in your last podcast about Pete Rose, you brought up Pete Rose in, in that situation. Yeah. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame right now. But he he bet it. Mm. But you know that betting in sports and you're a professional athlete, that's just the number one cardinal thing that you just do not commit. So how do you feel about how they came up with that and then Jordan saying that he was already planning on retiring? Who do you believe in that situation? Oh, I believe, Mike. I don't think that David Stern would suspend, you know, Jordan for – for gambling or not, not suspended for gambling, but it was a secret suspension. I think, you know, Davis, David Stern is an entertainment lawyer. You know, he'd been in the game for years, you know what I'm saying? You know, and um, he was the, one of the reasons why the NBA became so global, you know, he championed, you know, um, games going live, you know what I'm saying? Intra- introducing Magic and Larry to the basketball world, you know what I'm saying? Making them, you know, making games go on live TV, making the NBA finals live because it used to be tape delayed all the time, you know, and and just introducing different stars to the league, especially when Michael came, then, you know, everybody else that came behind Michael, you know. Um, Larry, I mean, not Larry, um, David Stern is about the dollars, you know, Michael Jordan is the biggest draw at the time, one of the biggest athletes in the world. Why would he do that and 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 lose out on money from, you know, revenue from from TVs or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And um and even, you know, taking a spotlight off the NBA because the best player is not there. I just think that Michael Jordan was just was just um stressed out from it all. You know, you seen how it was, man. Like, you know, he had the crowd around him. He couldn't even really just sit down for a second. You even seen it after he won the third title, he was like Hey, can I just have a moment? You know, can I just have a moment alone or whatever? Like that just takes its toll. Being the being a big old shark in a fishbowl, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, 
it just takes its toll after a while. So I don't think that it was no secret suspension or anything. What if it was a situation where David had his hands tied where he he had to and had to refashion it as a, a retirement versus a secret suspension? Because it mean, well, it mean, we know he probably wouldn't have wanted to. What if he had to? I don't think that he would even had to. I think David Stern would have just came out and, and, and faced the music. You know, he he's a um, you know, pretty, you know, stand-up dude, you know, really, you know, stern guy, no pun intended, really stern guy when it comes to laying down the law and everything. Obviously, I know, you know what I'm saying, being, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think David Stern would have just said, Hey, this is what happened, and you know, hopefully you will learn from it. I don't think that would have been a, a secret suspension. I think that he would have, you know, if it was time to make an example of Jordan for doing something serious like that, he would have made an example for for Jordan, just like, hey, this is a no tolerance thing right here. So you do this, this is what happens. This is the minimum that would happen. You would be suspended for a year and a half, whatever. So I think that David Stern, you know, he didn't Mike, it was just a Michael Jordan decision. I don't think it was a David Stern thing. Right. Big baby. Yeah, um, if Davis, that's what I was going to say. If Davis Stern did would have suspended Michael Jordan, how do you think that would have affected the NBA if he would have got suspended? If he would have said, oh, Jordan suspended for gambling, how do you think that would impact like Michael Jordan's legacy? I, I think absolutely it would have impacted a, a lot if he um, mm-hmm. was suspended for that. Yeah, you know, with the record of you know people uh, people on mm-hmm. my, on their mind that mm-hmm. that he has a problem gambling. Yeah. And so it definitely would have, it's already out there anyway, and people mm-hmm. bring it up anyway periodically. So it's already um, out there and it already has some kind of merit on his record anyway. You know, whether it's, it's on there, it's out there. People, that's on people's mind. People cannot talk about Michael Jordan without talking about the gambling problem. Yeah, that's true. But I think that, you know, once you start winning championships, man, you know, the public will forgive you. You know what I'm saying? Case in point, another non-basketball topic. They mm-hmm. forgive six nine right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, the, the, the public, the, the public is like let bygones be bygones, yeah. and it is what it is. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? As long as you're winning, you can do whatever you want. You know? Right. <laughs> it, let's say if a, like a non-superstar gambled, what would have would have been different? Because it's Michael Jordan. I don't know. I just I never really watched Jordan back then. Because David Stern, man. He, he don't play, you know. Davis Stern don't play when it comes to that, you know. Just like the Chris Paul trade, he don't play with that either. I know, I know it's a different subject, but Davis Stern don't play, you know. But RP Davis Stern, man. Let it's me ask you a question RP. about that real quick. Just stay right there, that Chris Paul, real quick. Sorry, yes. but y'all Laker fans, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? so we, yeah. you know, why every as a as a businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, businessman. Mm-hmm. I think David Stern made the right choice of re- vetoing that trade. Honestly, if you you asking, was that a good um, business decision for him to do that? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Corey. I honestly, I don't because I mean, I guess because I'm biased to the Lakers. Like, yeah, I, I really don't. I've never seen that before because you look at the NBA now. The players are moving regardless. Like players are moving. Out, you know, anywhere they want to go, they they they're basically. Um, are in front of their own destiny. And right, for, so let, let me break ahead. it down to you like this. Let me ask you a question like this. So let's just say, you know, um, David Stern, mm-hmm. he owns, he owns a Bugatti, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, somebody, you know, wanted the Bugatti, but if, if like somebody wanted the Bugatti, they don't want the whole Bugatti. They just wanted a, a major piece of it, the engine, you know what I'm saying? 
So, but David, so he's still going to he's still going to keep the the Bugatti, the whole car. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, just think about it. Now you sell the Bugatti engine, but you still got the Bugatti. How are you going to sell a Bugatti without the Bugatti engine in it? Mm. So where I'm coming from? So mm-hmm. that's why I understand why David Stern vetoed the trade. At first, I thought it was wild. I'm like, yo, what the hell just happened? Because I'm, but he I'm was sorry. trying to sell the team. Because remember, mm-hmm. they had an no owner. The NBA yeah. owned the team. So that's why I understood why he was like, he stepped in and was like, nah, we're not doing that because if we're going to sell a team, we need to get the maximum value. Because I remember didn't, the, team, didn't so. the NBA have like collective bargaining agreement about like no super teams. As soon as that happens, Lakers got trade for Chris Paul, but the Lakers gave up Powell to Houston. And that was actually a good fair trade for the Hornets. Lamar Odom, Luis Scola, Kevin Martin, Gordon Dragic in the first round pick, but Hornets got Aaron Gordon, Eric mm-hmm. Gordon. If you can look at it again, Kevin Martin is better than Eric Gordon, same with Lamar. But I just feel like the – what's his name? You know what really messed it up, man? Dan Gilbert for talking mess, you know, writing that letter. Not about LeBron, about the Chris Paul thing and complaining about I mean, about I mean it. the owners – I mean, I think they have the right to do that because, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a, it's just, it's just a yeah, business but, thing, man. But, That's all it is. I understood it mm-hmm. as, as when I as – I, as I started like reading more about it, I, was, yeah. like, I understood. But you know, of course, the fans are going because think yeah. about it, Chris Paul and Kobe. That was going to extend the the championship title and stuff. You yeah. know, uh, to be honest, that kind of put us in the downhill. Yeah, a drought. But hey, we got LeBron, AD. I'm over it. Once we win the championship, I'll forgive David Stern, man. But I actually already do, man. It is what it is. We can't complain about it anymore. Let's keep it pushing. Yeah, let's, I've let's never seen it. I never heard it broken down like that because I forgot the NBA owned the Hornets then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes. it's, you know, trading off Chris Paul, they ain't got no kind of bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. I, I get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It still exactly. sucked yeah, for, for, Laker, for Laker Nation. You you agree with that, Big Baby, right? It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it hey, set us but, back a few years. <laughs> hey, but we got AD, LeBron, you know, good years with Kobe. You know, six-point game. Yeah. yeah. Think about this, though. So, um, before we, you know, go back on back to the uh, subject at hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, the only time it benefited somebody without, you know, buying a team without a superstar was Michael Jordan buying the Hornets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's the only time it benefited, you know, Michael Jordan. You know, he, he came in. He came in really smart. You know what I mean? So, like... It's just, it's, just, it's just always business, yeah. man. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't really, it ain't really like personal. It's yeah. Personal. It, at this point, it is what it is. What yeah. the whole, yep. So let's get into Jordan's baseball career. It's kind of, mm. kind of wild, wasn't it? Um, I guess I want to get into, um, your 31 year old rookie. He just retired mm-hmm. from basketball. He, he, uh, 14 years removed from playing baseball. Um, and then he's in double A. Mm-hmm. And he has an amazing streak. And then it's snap. And then here comes the media again. Daniel, how do you how do you feel about how that how that went down as far as like how he started with the baseball, uh the streak, um, his work ethic, and him being thrust in the double A and his talent level wasn't up to speed with that. Well, you know, he had to be thrust into double A because of the media availability. They had the resources at those uh, baseball stadiums to, you know, accommodate the media. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
he started out with a 13 game hit streak, which is actually, which is pretty cool, I guess. You know, I'm not a really big baseball guy, but, you know, a hit in 13 games, that's, uh, you know, a lot of RBIs as well, if, you, if anybody's on base. But the only reason why he went into that slump, because think about it, once they started changing the pitches up, throwing a lot of breaking balls and everything, he wasn't used to that. So, you know, he went, he went through that slump. You know, the media, you know, pounded on him because it's a story. But then, like, you know, once he, he, he changed it up a lot and he used his worth ethic, you know, like what he did with basketball and put it into baseball, you know, changing his body, going to batting practice before and after practice, you know, and then just taking different pitches and batting practice as well. And then, you know, he, he came back and, um, you know, started doing his thing, got a little home runs and stuff. Think about it. He had, you know, he hit 202. So I guess, you know, hitting 202 is, is pretty bad by baseball terms. But he ran in, you know, 50, 50 um, RBIs, over 50 RBIs and stuff. But it's actually pretty good when you somebody 14 years removed from playing baseball, you know, 31-year-old rookie trying to make baseball after playing basketball. And then you go in there and, you know, you realize, you know, you can hang with the, with the big boys for a little bit. Big baby. Yeah, Michael Jordan played baseball. You know, some players would be like, would be too scared to go try a different sport. Michael Jordan did. He had that passion, and I guess he wanted to uh, play baseball for his dad. You know what I mean? But he did have 202. Daniel said, you know, it is what it is, man. Michael Jordan was an athlete. You know, he tried it. Some players won't be able to go do that. You know what I mean? At least he tried it. You know, give him credit. You know, a lot of people I know, Michael Jordan sucks at baseball. Hey, go play baseball then. If you, you know, like for me, let's say, for example, if Kobe went to go play baseball, if it was the same thing, I'd say, oh, go, go do your thing, Kobe, go try it. You know, some athletes are scared, not scared, but they're not willing to try other sports. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan did it. He tried it. Okay, let me go back to the NBA and win this thing, win this championships. You know what I mean? Yeah. After listening to your uh, podcast, Daniel, um, y'all did touch on another topic that I kind of want to, you know, revisit and uh, ask you about um, about athletes playing other sports. Um, so it it came up that basketball players can could put pretty much play any sport, mm-hmm. and then it was mentioned that you know what if LeBron wouldn't go play football mm. um, in that in in that podcast. And I was thinking, I was like, man, you know what? Like, he's a big Cowboys fan. He he he's basically his. I don't know if y'all knew about the story that he was really he really wanted to play football. Mm-hmm. And yes, his yeah. uh, his friends basically said, now if you if you go and play football, you know we're gonna we're gonna jump you. Basically, like you you gonna go play basketball. You you're a basketball yeah. star. Like they pushed him to urge him to play basketball. But like, what if could could LeBron actually have a, a football career? You know, at thirty five. <laughs> mm. Listen, you see how fast this man is, man. <laughs> that size, yeah. Play tight end, he will be fine. And you, all you gotta do is throw it up. Yep. You know what I'm saying, and think about it. LeBron was an all-state um, wide receiver in high school. You know what I'm saying? The state of Ohio, school, um, Ohio, which is you know football country as well. You know what I'm saying? Like he was a really good, really good um, um, football player. I think one season he had like 1,200 yards, caught like 32 touchdowns or something like that. Like just going crazy. You know, um, I think that it would have at 35, it would have been hard, though, because, you know, it's the age or whatever. But I think that he would have been fine. Obviously, we see what type of shape he's in, mm-hmm. you know, and we just see the sheer athleticism alone. Like who like what defensive player at that position is going to be able to, you know, really, you know, contain him. 
He's six eight, can run fast, strong, can jump. So if you put one of the little five foot nine receivers there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think they'll try to be physical, but then there's nothing they're gonna be able to do. They they throw that post route, you know what I'm saying? If he's just going to the corner to catch a touchdown, it's gonna be nothing anybody can do. Yeah, I would say the, of, yeah. the person I think would be able to guard LeBron in football, like safety wise, I think Byron Dawkins or uh, Sean Taylor. You know, mm. that'd be tremendous. But I sent you something, uh, Corey, about the NBA. It's kind of like breaking news. So if you want to go ahead and read that, it's the it's the top the top uh, by NBA and potential return. Yeah, man, it's crazy. But if LeBron did uh, play in the NFL, I think he'll play tight end, man. You know, throw it up there. I would have him on my L.A. Chargers, you know, so, but. So basically with this breaking news that you just sent, um, they're, yeah. they're talking about return to play uh, Tuesday. They call, they're calling them Tuesday? Yeah, they called it a press conference with LeBron and Kumpo and Kawhi and all them. And this is from Sham, so I, yeah. I, I, that's a credible source. Yeah. What'd you think about it? So, how you, what'd you feel about that, Daniel? NBA I mean, season about to restart. I mean, possibly. If, that, if that's what they, if that's what they want to do, then you know what I'm saying. I just think that before they do that, they need to, you know, make sure they do their due diligence to make sure that nobody else is getting sick. You know what I'm saying? Because people are dying mm-hmm. from this thing like that. And I get it. People are, are bored in their home, and there's nothing to do really. They they miss their entertainment. But let's let's just make sure that these people are safe because we don't want nobody, you know, losing their life over yeah. you know, because of entertainment because they're lacking entertainment right now, you know. Yeah. So, but we I just think, got LA County got extended until July for I stay would, at home. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that. I saw that on your page earlier. Um, did they well, actually stay, do it? Um, well, I stay in uh, Temecula, California, which is two hours away from LA. So I saw it. I'm like, okay, that means it's ser- it's even more serious than people expected it to be. It is like for me, I'm taking the precaution, staying at home. You know, it just sucks that it keeps getting pushed, pushed further and further. Oh, May's going to come back and then June, July. I won't be surprised if it gets extended until next year at this rate. Right. Yeah. Um. I think that's what they should be doing, especially in these big cities because there's so many people. Yeah. So, um. They didn't. I'm in South. I'm in South Carolina, and you know they didn't. They didn't open the state yet at all. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. I just think that you know they need to be safe. You know, make sure everybody gets tested and do yeah. that bubble, that bubble thing where they have everybody all in one space, mm-hmm. right. you know, like either in Vegas or whatever. I think Vegas might be the best option to do it because they have the arena inside the MGM Grand. So nobody don't really even have to go outside. They said that they were going to open up a block for them, for the NBA, have all the teams go there, stay in the hotels and stuff. And, um, you know, and um, do the league like that. I think that what they should do is, though, just going for the playoffs. And um, just you know, don't um, don't um, bring don't finish the regular season. Just start out the playoffs. Just only have sixteen teams. You know the staff and you know some of their family or whatever. Just quarantine the whole mm-hmm. the whole block down. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just go from there. Stuff. We need a champion this year, though. Yeah, yeah. but I was gonna ask you, uh, Daniel, as a like, so let's say if you're an owner you now, sometimes no fans. Like, if you're an owner, how would that impact? you to go watch the team you know what i mean do they like let Jeannie bus go watch do they let mark Cuban go watch the nba playoffs in the arena or do they gotta watch it from home because that's what i want to know you know not just oh no fans do the owners go do the camera people go in people that yeah, do all the yeah, games. yeah they're gonna that's have the thing i'm worried like, about 
No, no, no. Like I said, they're going to quarantine a whole hotel building for the mm. NBA. Okay. So they can fit yeah. the entire NBA. Like, think about it. If Summer League, they, they, they're they only in one hotel in the NBA Summer League, and that was the Palms or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? They had the entire Summer League in there, at all mm. 30 teams. So if, you know, they can do that, the MGM Grand is way bigger. So mm. they can accommodate the NBA, the players, the staff, and the staff families, whatever – you know what I'm saying? Anybody essential like um camera crews and everything like that, they can they can accommodate it and just keep everybody all at the same all in one bubble where they they said they were gonna open up shops so everybody can go shopping. If you wanna go to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant, then then you know what I'm saying they'll keep it like like that. You know what I'm saying? Even the workers so, who was working at those hotels can't go home. They stay there too. Yeah. You know? So um yeah, they're trying to figure out a way to make it work and stuff. Um they also talk about doing it in Disney, but the Disney thing is that they'll have to travel back and forth. You know? So mm-hmm. but Vegas, you don't have to leave the hotel to get to your arena because you know it's inside of it. Yeah. So I want to segue back into um the last dance real quick. Now, Michael's retired, playing baseball. Mm-hmm. The Bulls are probably two games shy from their previous record when Michael was there. Mm-hmm. As far as like losing wise, like the record, it wasn't so it, they, it didn't impact it too much. They only lost two uh, more games, to make it to yeah. the playoffs. How do you feel about Scottie Pippen's leadership skills? As far as like from Michael transition from Michael to Scotty being the leader of the team? I think that, you know, Pippen, his leadership skills ain't bad at all. He just made two dumb mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And you can just say really one, to be honest, because the whole migraine thing, if it's a migraine, it's a migraine. I never had one, but I heard stories of people having migraines and that it can cripple you. You know what I'm saying? Like you won't, you can't even be in light. So I will believe that about the whole migraine situation. But the, the the to be in the playoffs and refuse to come in the game because you ain't get a shot, that was definitely, you know, wow. That's definitely going to leave a stain for the rest of his career as well. You know, but I think, you know, Scotty Scotty's still a, a, a good leader. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, he out of all the years he'd been in the NBA, that was probably like, you know, one of the worst moments. And it was only one time. But, hey, he got six championships. And he if it wasn't for him – you know, you need somebody like a Scotty Pippen on your team to even win those titles. So, you know, um, I don't think I don't think he was a bad leader. They even said it like when he was um, during that that year without Michael that he was definitely a great leader. You know, he was more soft spoken and everything. You know, um, that he took you know he took the team by the horns. Think about it. You know, they was um, what a couple of possessions away from going to the NBA Finals for the fourth. I mean, to the NBA um, to the Western Conference Finals for the fourth year in a row at that time. You know, who knows if they beat the Knicks in game seven and then, you know, they they could probably go to the finals and beat Houston. You know, who knows? But, yeah, I don't, I don't think Scotty was a bad leader. He just had – he just made less than five mistakes in his career pretty much. Big baby. Yeah, Scotty Pippen's a good leader and him doing that, not getting in the game. If the media was back then, it would be – but let's say if LeBron did that or some type of big other superstar did that. I'm not coming in the game because you're not getting the ball. Like LeBron's not doing that. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's not doing that. Kobe, Kobe, like, give me the ball, get out. Though. I'm taking the last shot. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. But I guess he just had a melt, not meltdown. He just had one of those upsetting moments. You know, he was yeah. the heat of the moment. 
your his anger got the best of him that night. Yeah, but um, but I understood why Phil Jackson did that though. They ran that mm-hmm. play four different times, and it was four mm-hmm. for four in that play. And you know, Tony Kukoc had four game winning shots. Mm-hmm. And then he hits the game winning shot on that one when Pippen didn't want to come in the game. So I understand why, you know, um, Phil Jackson wanted to run that same play. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was just like um, a bad judgment call on Pippen. I'm not going to hold it against him today. That was that was 94. Yeah, it's 2020. What? I'm not holding that over him. No, me neither. I was. Yeah. Okay, so now, before I get to my last talk, we got about four minutes before this um, runs out. Mm-hmm. Um. You kind of already answered this, Daniel, because I was going to – because I know you have extensive basketball uh, knowledge. You've played basketball. You uh, have a great eye for basketball. You understand it. Um, I guess from a player standpoint, you got a, a, a leader or another teammate, and they quit on you. Don't you feel like that's the ultimate disrespect to you and your teammate that you have a, another teammate – not even, you know, him being the leader, but just another teammate just quit on you because he pouted because he didn't get the ball. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, that happened to me when I was when I was playing. Um, we was in New Orleans, and a uh, certain player just decided to just want to quit on the team. He actually threw the ball out of bounds, though, when we was up one and had possession of the ball. All we got to do is just get fouled. And something happened, he got frustrated, and then he just threw the ball out of bounds and walked off the court or whatever. Like, yeah, you'd be angry. You'd be angry about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, of course. You know, what Scottie Pippen did, you know, his teammates had every right to be upset. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I said I'm not going to hold it over him, you know, 20-something years later. But at that time, his teammates had every right to be upset. This is a playoff game. Regular season game, I could understand that. It'll be in the news or whatever things. But – in the playoffs, really? That's just that's just crazy. Now, if that happened today, it would have been it would have been a wrap for him. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, um, yeah, man, that that was just a, a crazy a crazy situation, Corey. You know that you actually quit on your team in the playoffs. You yeah, know that was but, crazy. Yeah, I was just wondering, like when Bill Curry was talking to him when they showed the clip of Bill Curry talking to Pippen. I want to know what that what he was saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Pippen just, you know, he's he's just, you know, he just makes some crazy mistakes, man. And um, but hey man, listen, they won six titles. So it's not like, you know, you know, you you could you could just sweep that under the rug, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So last thing, I think we got like two minutes left on this thing, but I want to kind of get into the Steve Kerr fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they really hyped this up. I really thought it was an all-out brawl, but it was just like Steve hit him in the chest. And Mike popped him in the eye, and then he ended up apologizing for it, but then ended up saying that he was like a small, you know, he was a small guy, hit the smallest guy on the team. So, Daniel, when he said that, like, how did you feel about that? Hey, hey man, look, salute to Steve Kerr for starting it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> Big baby. Steve, Steve Kerr didn't back down, and Michael Jordan respected that, you know? A lot of players would have been like, I'm not going to talk back to Michael Jordan, you know, Steve Kerr did. And Michael Jordan was like, let's run it. You know, right. It is what it is. And that happens in basketball, you know, physicality and scuffles during practice. Thank you, Jonathan. On that note, we're going to segue into our commercial break. Sometimes I dream that he is me. 
right, so now we're back. So the last uh, topic that we uh, discussed was the Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan fight. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to, to delve into that um, a little bit. But also before we get into that, I want to talk about what even led up to this scuffle in the first place. You know, it's a horrible teammate, but does the ends justify the means? And what I guess what I mean by that, that all that, you know, that they have to go through, Michael Jordan, you know, riding them like they were, and they won so many championships, did mm-hmm. the ends justify the means? Yeah. Because they, they, they won those championships. So, yeah, it, it's all good. You know, you, just, you don't see them. They ain't, they ain't really complaining, you know, about it. They just, they just reminiscing mm-hmm. on this documentary. Nobody, nobody really hurt. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's really hurting emotionally or whatever. Like, they did it. They won the championships. They understood what it takes to be a champion. Jordan, he wanted to run a team his way, and he, as he saw fit, and he did that. And it led them to winning, you know, six championships. You got to think about it. He, you know, this is Michael Jordan. When he, when he played in the 90s, whatever team he was on for a full season, he won a championship in. So, hey, man, that speaks for itself. Yeah. I agree with you to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know, like, but it's just really hard to have to, I'm a grown man. I got my own bills. I got my children. I, I got, mm-hmm. I'm taking care of this sometimes. And you got another grown man telling me, you know, calling me out my name, telling me all this, like, I don't need you to, 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 to motivate me to play. I'm in the NBA just like you are. Now that's up to the player that feel like he's being disrespected to, to handle that. You know what I'm saying? Like if, like me, I'm not taking that at all. That ain't going. That ain't even happening. So you know, um, that's just up to the to the player who's going through that you know situation. Where Michael Jordan's calling him out the name, being real disrespectful to take a stand. Big baby, what you think? What um, you think I just that? feel like Michael Jordan just really wanted to win very bad, and he had high demands, and some people can handle it, just like. My favorite player, Kobe, same thing, high demands. And if you don't have if you don't follow those demands, get away from me. I won't talk to you. You know, just competitive, just competitive nature, you know. But I get it, you know, if I was an NBA, someone would disrespect me, I would say something back, you know. It's you know, part of sports, you know. Yeah, I agree. Scott Burrell. Tell me about it, man. Scott Burrell's most mentally toughest player on that Bulls team, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? To to do what he did, well, to what Jordan did, what he did to him, and Scott Brooks I and mean, Scott Burrell just took it, and you know, hey man, he he, he took it, and <laughs> I don't know, man, that that was rough, that was rough. But Scott Burrell also had a, re- a reputation of being soft and everything. So Michael Jordan did that. Michael Jordan seen something in him to 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 bother him like that, because I know as a leader of my team, there was players I I, I used to you know, go at all the time, too, just to toughen them up. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was definitely a, a lot of players. Sometimes I would cross the line as well, you know what I mean, because you see something in them. Now it's up to them to see what you see, you know. But um, it wasn't that bad what Michael Jordan was, was saying to Scotty Burrell and stuff, you know. It was, like, they had their little friendly banter, you know. It's obviously, you know, off court, they definitely was friends. Right. So, yeah, you know, uh, it was – wasn't really, you know, um, you know, nothing to go crazy for or whatever. You know, what I think called him the B word and the hoe, whatever, and stuff like that's just regular, you know, basketball, you know, crazy stuff, man. But, you know, I think that 
you know, Burrell also knew that it was it was out of love or whatever. Me, I couldn't take it. You're not you're not calling me that. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're gonna have we're gonna have a conversation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like no guards. I never let a guard just talk to me any kind of I don't care how talented you are, you know, because there's a, a line to be drawn, you know what I'm saying? But you know, Jordan just had that command over his players and stuff. And, you know, I guess when it, it came to either, you know, going through going through this and winning six titles or in Burrell's case, three, or or um or not winning the championship and you just home. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan just challenges his players, man. Some people can take it. Some people can't, you know, it's just crazy how people that are great like to put other people on the challenge. You know, some people can take it. Some people can't. And it is what it is. You know, it's 2020 happened a couple 1994. It happened, right? All that stuff happened. Yeah. Right. 1994, 2020. Bet you if they called one another, talked, be cool, you know? Yeah. And I and I get it because you know we watching the documentary we listen to all this stuff and we don't know the backstory but like let's t- just talk about this Danny you playing pickup basketball game with your with your friends your brothers and you know you know we you, you know you talking shit right mm-hmm. back back and forth and like you 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 calling them out his name you calling them, I've I've done it before but it just seems like on that stage and in the, in the NBA and the way it's fashioned in this documentary it just seems like horrible man like like you know it just because it's not a pickup basketball this is a professional setting this is a this is a job so to speak and you just hear that it's, it's just crazy and then I guess like this this it when I looked at it where's Phil Jackson all this like the coach does not never step in don't say anything he just X's and O's triangle offense you know women championships so how does this like how does this um impact Phil Jackson to have Michael Jordan, like, do Michael Jordan get more of the credit and less credit goes to Phil Jackson? Like, what are your take on that, Daniel? Well, um, I remember, well, see, Michael Jordan stole from Phil Jackson's coaching philosophy. Phil Jackson likes to, you know, ride players. And, um, like, when he feels like players are getting away from the team, Phil Jackson likes to reel them back in by doing those type of tactics that Michael Jordan would was doing not in a disrespectful way as Michael Jordan was doing, but something similar like that, you know, just pushing buttons. There's always pushing buttons, you know. Um, I remember my brother was on the Lakers. He would say that too as well. And then, like, it makes you understand your, your yourself more. You know what I'm saying? Then, like, when you go through it, it actually benefits the team even more. So, you know, especially in a playoff setting when you got to be trusted, you know what I'm saying? If, if you give if, – if, like Michael Jordan said, if he can't trust you, you know, if you can't take this, you know, right now, how you think you're going to, you know, deal with it when it comes to the playoff time, you know? So I understood it. You know what I'm saying? I understood it once he broke it down, you know? Um, so yeah, that was like a, basically a Phil Jackson tactic, but Jordan just took it to the max. Yeah, he definitely you know, kind of took it overboard because it went, even when Michael Jordan came to the league, he wasn't like that when he first came into the, to the NBA. It kind of progressed over time and kind of grew legs and kind of got gotten out of hand. But like I asked you before, like did the ends justify the means? You said yes. Um, 
nobody's complaining about that. They they were champions. You know, a lot of those guys are getting the opportunity to be able to speak, have like speaking engagement, have other outside, off the court things years years later. Oh yeah, I was on the Michael Jordan uh, led Chicago Bulls team. You know, mm-hmm. I'm such and such. You know, they they're making money off of that still. So I guess if you think about it, I guess it did, right? Yeah, really did. So. Big baby, you you gonna say something? Yeah, I said Phil Jackson would do stuff to certain players to see how they react, and you know, I'm not surprised him doing that. You know, I'm not surprised one bit. Right, right. So I want to kind of talk about a little bit about that '96 Finals and how um, how it ended. Um, a lot of emotion. We we seen that iconic video of Michael Jordan laying out on the floor with the championship trophy on Father's Day. We never heard the audio. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to to hear because you can just hear him crying out, really raw emotion, something we've never seen. Yeah, shows think that he's human. He's human, bro. You know, um, his first finals while his dad, obviously his dad been on his mind all that time. You know what I mean? He wanted to go achieve something. Hey, I think that he lost those two games on purpose so he could win it on on Father's Day. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah, he can let it out. He can he can he can play the game. He can you know put it behind him. He can let all that emotion go finally, and and then and then just go from there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I thought I thought that was a you know he did that or whatever. Um, now, nah, but yeah, it just shows that Michael Jordan is human, man. Just like all of us, we all have our issues. You know, what I mean, we all deal with things, and and he was finally able to to grieve. I mean, well, he grieved, but he was finally able to to just let it go. And I think that that's what he did. He let it go or whatever. But that was that was a special moment. It was so dope hearing that audio, man. Like it got me, man. Like it really did. Like I didn't cry nothing like that, but I was just like, like. And I was in silence, like, wow, like, this is crazy. Like, you hear him. You hear that pain. Like, it just happened, you know, and um, him wailing like that. And I just thought that that was a dope moment and stuff. Except for the, you know, the, whoever that dude was hand rubbing on Jordan's back with the towel. I was just like, I don't understand that part. That was weird, but you know what I'm saying? But but then, obviously, look, you see the media just coming on in and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Then they had to push the media out and stuff. Like, it goes on to say what we said at the beginning of the show, like how the media just want, <laughs> they don't care, man. They just want to, they'll mess up your moment. <laughs> yeah, and just that, that moment, you just want to, you know, just relish that championship, you know, have that, their thoughts about your your father and they're back, they're filming it. Like I thought, thought that was kind of crazy, but I was I was glad to see it because you don't never see Michael Jordan in that that light. And I like that they was able to let us peek into that situation. But what do you think about that, Big Baby? Um, Michael Jordan win the title is amazing. He won it for his dad. Let the emotions out, man. But you know, if I was like if I was in that situation, my dad passed, and I went out, I'd be like, cameras get out. I need a moment for myself. Been through a bunch this couple of years this season. I need a moment. I'll cry by myself in the locker room by myself. Stay away, media. Get out. You know, but I understood it. You know, get an in-depth of what Michael Jordan went through. You know, that's what I would do if I was Jordan. Like, if I was in that situation, I'd like, need to get out, man. Give me a second. <laughs> that's if, what I would do. My thing is this. If Jordan wanted the media out, they would be out. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was just kind of, kind of like a, some kind of like – to have that press, to have that publicity, how this thing, how everything played out, because this this documentary don't get put out unless Michael Jordan signs off on it. Mm. So, so like Daniel, like, how do you feel about that? 
if the media was in there during that moment, it was allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the media was allowed back there, I guess. Um, and I think that it wasn't like Michael Jordan was like, you know, didn't want to. That was just a, a rare emotion of him able to just release it and stuff. You know what I'm saying? He didn't care who was around him at that time. You know, like Michael Jordan, he didn't care. Think about it. He was still, you know, crying real loud as, you know, everybody was trying to, you know, push the media back and stuff. Mm. So that was just a moment of him just, you know, able to just go be by himself for a little second and just, you know, reflect. And then it just all came out. And, uh, you know, he he showed it, man. You know, he wears his heart on his sleeve and stuff. Man, like I said, he's human. Yeah. He is human. It's crazy. So now I want to talk a little bit about the finals. He's playing the Supersonics. And as we know, Michael Jordan uses certain things to fuel his fire, his competitive edge. There was a topic about uh, him meeting up with George Carl at a restaurant. And both of them, you know, Tar Heel guys, I believe, mm-hmm. see each other, and George Carl walks past him. Now, mm-hmm. further investigation of it, this was um, instructed by George Carl not to talk to Michael Jordan. Yeah. And it pretty much backfired because he used it as a slight. And it's like, I can't believe he, you know, did this to me. Like, he fueled his game for that, that finals. He destroyed them. So, yeah. Daniel, what, what do you think about that? I mean, what Josh Carr did, he was right. You know, it's the NBA final. I'm not going to walk and have small talk with somebody I'm about to compete against. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so... You know, Jordan, he used that as motivation. You know, he needed to find something, you know what I mean, to be motivated or whatever. You know, that's how maybe Jordan is, man. It's any little thing that he can, that can motivate him, he's going to, you know, he's going to seek that out and, you know, get the juice out of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I didn't think it was a big deal or whatever that Jordan felt slighted. You know, you, you that um, George Carl walked past or whatever. You know, that was, that was, I just thought it, I thought it was funny. I'm like, here's this guy just being competitive. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I totally agree. Competitiveness, if I was in that situation, I want to talk to Jordan. But Jordan took it. I said, okay, y'all want to talk to me? Let me win this finals. What's up? Now you, now we have to talk. What's going on? You know? It's just crazy. Like that one player said, good game, and Michael Jordan made up that story. You know? I never yeah. knew. I never knew, man. Like, I didn't know that was fake, man. Like, <laughs> I was like, really? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy because it's in books. Like, yeah, like, seriously. (laughs) Like, all these years, you're thinking that this, he just said good game and he went off on him the next day. But this was Michael's way of basically having some kind of mental edge and trying to, you know, fuel him to to destroy this this man. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I've never heard that before. And at least that man could say, hey, I gave Michael Jordan that work. Oh, man, he gave him a bucket, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He gave him 37. 37. So he Michael Jordan couldn't even hit a shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That was crazy. So a little bit, so about the finals. So what do you think about Gary Payton? Basically, they wanted to change him into a scorer, and he's a defender. Um, and he said, you know what? I'm going to go at Mike. Regardless of what George Carl is talking about, I'm going to guard Mike. Do you think he bothered him? Because Michael Jordan, at the end, he laughed. You know, this is another Hall of Famer laughing at another Hall of Famer. But we all know Gary Payton's impact on the defensive end of the ball. 
Like mm-hmm. he's going down in history as one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in NBA history, as a as a, as a point guard. Yeah, um, I think that Michael Jordan. Yeah, he laughed it off, but Michael Jordan also is not going to give anybody they do credit. You know what I'm saying? It's obviously it's obvious that Gary Payton did a good job with him. You know, he kept Michael Jordan. You know, field goal low. Michael Jordan, that was his um, lowest NBA Finals um, scoring output as far as averages. You know, um, but then when did Gary Payton bother Michael Jordan? I say a little bit he did. He affected him. But then you got to think about this too. Like when he said Michael Jordan was going through things, you know, whole, you know, with the situation with his father leading up to winning the championship and everything, you know, hey, that, that could be something too because – you know, at the the next, the first game of the next season, you know, Michael Jordan dropped 45 on him. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, could it be that Gary Payton, you know, held him down a little bit? Or could it be that Michael Jordan was, you know, going through things that he wasn't worried about um, Gary Payton? I thought him laughing at it was was, was really funny, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was disrespectful, but it was just funny. It's just Jordan being Jordan, man. He's just not going to, you know... Jordan will never own up and be like, yo, hey, this guy just, you know, he was the, he got he got off against me or, you know, he contained me. You ain't going to never hear that. So that's just something that, you know, that, that Gary Payton got to deal with right there. But tape don't lie. So right. Tape don't lie. So, you know, once once that, um you know, you go back and watch that footage, you'll see that Gary Payton did a good job against MJ. I mean, like, if you think he was really getting up into him, hand checks, I mean, he was, you know, he didn't have any room. He wasn't able to get that shot off like he wanted to. Like he was all up in him. Like he really was. He's a physical point guard, and he's and he's basically trash talk. He's one of the best trash talkers um, in NBA history. It's well documented. We know Gary Payton um, is a, is a big trash talker, and he gets in your head. And you know, and I don't feel like Michael was exempt from that. You know, that impact of how uh, the glove is. They don't call him the glove for nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Gary Payton. Like I, I remember Gary Payton when I was younger. And him and Sean Kemp, man, that was a that was a force, man. They mm. they they could if they didn't run into the Bulls, they probably could have won the title. What are your thoughts on that? Is that yeah, a stretch? Yeah, yeah, easily, yeah, yeah, easily. No, no, it's not a stretch at all. Because think about it, they got to the finals anyway, so they obviously did they they obviously did their job to get to the finals and stuff. They were second place. They had sixty four wins that year. You know, yeah, they they I think they would have won the finals. What do you think, Big Baby? Gary Payne, great defender, but. I know he uh, his fiddles were down, as Daniel was saying, but Michael Jordan still Michael Jordan. He'll he'll time these shots. If you're still guarding him, he'll pull up in your face. But Gary Payne's a tough defender. Michael Jordan got the better end of the better end of it when championship, you know? Right on. That's how I look at it. So last topic. Um I wanted to t- kind of talk to y'all about, you know, segue from the last dance, and I wanna kinda get into a different type of debate. Um Every time they talk about it, they talk about Jordan and LeBron. That's what's been the biggest topic. Kobe kind of gets, gets left out of this conversation for reasons unbeknownst to myself. But <laughs> I want to kind of ask Daniel and uh, Big Baby this question. How do you feel about Michael Jordan's activism off the court versus LeBron and how his impact off the court is? Now, we all know that these two players are superior athletes. They're both the um, – you know, the greats, they're Mount Rushmore players. But as far as, like, Michael Jordan, he never capitalized on um, opportunities out, out to, off the court. And it showed the last uh, couple episodes 
um, when he failed to endorse the, um, uh, I guess, Harvey Dent. Um, and that mm-hmm. one, the last episode, um, he was from North Carolina. But you know that uh, LeBron has been very vocal in social issues. He's been involved with um, a lot of different projects. He got the, the, uh, the school. Um, you know, he, he's, just, he's just as good as a, off the court as he is. I mean, he's just as good on the court as he is off the court. So how do you feel about, does this impact Michael Jordan's legacy at all? No. Um, Michael Jordan's lack of activism, it doesn't affect his legacy at all. Um, but Michael Jordan also, he does a lot of things. He does give a lot of money. You know, he, look, think about it. He's donating all his money right here. There's like $5 million he's going to make from this. He's donating all that to charity. When he came back for those two seasons in Washington, he donated all that money to charity. Um, he also funded a record label that had um, Joe Scott's first record, first album, um, Joe Scott Value 1 and 2. I forgot the name of it. But um, that was Michael Jordan. He invested in that in that record label as well. So, you know, he does a lot of things that um, that's not, you know, that's low key that nobody know about as behind the scenes or whatever. Um, we all know what LeBron does as far as activism and stuff. You know, he's more outspoken than Jordan is and stuff. I think, um, you know, what LeBron does is amazing with the school, you know, speaking out against, you know, everything like that. Well, we need that right now. You know, um, it's just, it just, it just, that's what we need right now. And that's what LeBron is willing to do. You know, it's more it's more acceptable now than back then. You know, you can say, you know, Michael Jordan, his floor was the whole Republican buy shoes two thing. Like that was that was kind of crazy or whatever. But you know, um I just, you know, it is what it is. But as far as, you know, is is it affecting anybody's legacy? Nah. It ain't touching, you know, Jordan's legacy is 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 good. It's good. You know what I'm saying? He he wasn't disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he shied away from black people. You know what I'm saying? He just, that's just what he wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? And he, he, he I, I think I ever respect him more for owning up to it instead of just, you know, you know, running from it or whatever. He owned up to it. He said it at the time. That's how he felt. And that's just what it is. You know what I mean? Like, um, but when you read about it, you be like, oh man, maybe he should have, you know, got the, um, Harvey Gantt's back or whatever. Because once you look up the Helms guy, and see what he stood for. He was just basically 1865 back in those 1990s. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, you know. But it, it doesn't hurt his legacy, though. It doesn't. Big baby. No, it doesn't hurt his legacy at all. It doesn't one bit. But LeBron's doing great things for the school, you know. And it doesn't, that doesn't get talked about. It's always neg- – people talk about negativity towards LeBron. They don't bring up that stuff on ESPN. They're just negative. Oh, he missed a game when he shot, you know. Then you start bringing up him building the school, you know. That's how I look at, you know. I watch Sports Center. Well, that's the Lakers fan problems right there. Y'all always <laughs> wanted to build. Yeah, yeah. I started this. This what whole LeBron, and, this whole LeBron and Clutch thing. Once LeBron James started threatening the throne of becoming, you know, the greatest player of all time, or even, you know, threatening mm-hmm. to, to pass Kobe, which you know I think he did. Um, that's when the Laker fans started coming out and started bashing LeBron about this. Mm-hmm. This is a y'all problem right there, both of y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, yeah. Because let's be real. Yeah, let's, before let's get LeBron, it. Be, before LeBron came to the Lakers. Yeah. Come on now. No, I'm going to keep it real. Go ahead. What's going on? Yeah, okay, nothing to say. Yeah, y'all, y'all, know, y'all know the vibes. There's no question. Y'all know. Yeah, y'all said things. Y'all said things about yeah. LeBron before I he came. You know what I'm, I'm all about this right here, championships. <laughs> if he comes, bring us one, it's, it, I'm with it, you know? That's all that matters. <laughs> 
Yeah, championships. Um, last I six think, years have been down, so I think ring. that I think that uh, Big Baby Jonathan needs to because um, he put LeBron James in his top five Lakers of all time. I think that is wrong because LeBron <laughs> hasn't done anything yet. You know why I did that? So because go ahead. I know why you did it. Yes, but it was definitely wrong. Like let let LeBron win a chance. I would put Jordan Farmar over LeBron right now because he got titles. <laughs> this is Jordan Farmer. No, no, no. Here's the logic, though, Corey. What did he just point to behind him? Them championships. Who has championships? Farmer do. So, by his logic, mm-hmm. you know, you got to put Jordan Farmer. Hey, if you want to go there, we, we got to put Adam Morrison, the greatest Laker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I think, I, yeah. think, I think, listen, all right. I think that you know I know we got off the Jordan subject real quick. That's, but I think that this year is definitely more most most important, you know, time right now for LeBron to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Bring one home to LA. I think that this is this is the year. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why you gotta have a season. Hopefully they do they do diligence and they got to. This is the year. And I think, you know, you see LeBron working hard yep. still. Like he looks great. You know, he's in amazing shape and stuff. Like, you know, and there's other people that hasn't touched the basketball in a while and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that LeBron is locked in. You know, um, this is this is the time right right now. This is the time. It's more guaranteed though if Anthony Davis plays center. That's how I feel. Oh my God! I said, like, I said the same thing. I said it too. Anthony Davis needs to play the five. Like yeah. I don't understand why he he don't. The, the reason why he don't want to do that. He don't want to bang. He don't want to get down there and get dirty and bang. He want to be out there and shooting threes. And he's down like thirty something percent this year. Let him do it. Let him. Let him not. He all he got to do is just just. Be on defense and bang. Let him do the pick and roll thing with LeBron all day. I you said the it. same thing. Think about Me it. What too, he man. did when, when he played the five versus Milwaukee in the Clippers before the season ended. That that right there was. Yep. It. He don't want to play the five. I don't understand why. It's he don't want to play. NBA. It's today's NBA. A lot of like, big men like to shoot threes. They don't like to get go to. They don't like to go in the post and go to work. You know, like Shaq, Kareem, Wilt. You know what I mean. See, what scares me about AD is that when he gets hurt, he'd be out for a long, long yeah. time. So it's like, and it'd be like little small things. Yeah, like he'd be out for a long, long His time. shoulder, soft get tissue, the shoulder. Injuries. I was like, but that's the thing that, that that's what, that's what the, um, what is it? Risk was if you want to trade all these players for AD, you know, there's consequences to it. But hey, AD's talent, AD, NBA season comes back. I want AD average 30 in the playoffs. He has to top LeBron out. You don't really have to average 30 in the playoffs. Because think about it. He's not averaging 30 right now, and y'all in second, first place in the West. Yeah, right? first place, yeah. You know I predicted like, 50 wins, and I was off by one. I, said, I just think that he needs to – he just he just has to – um, he just has to play the um, center position, man. That's yeah. what he has to do. But then where would that leave? JaVel McGee come off the bench? Oh, what? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care. <laughs> Let him come off the bench, please. Let him. Yeah. You know what's yeah. gonna be crazy? Damn, why did, I want to know how healthy Boogie Cousins is right now. Oh my god. Wait, I want to know it, it, could he come back right now and play? You know I feel like saying? the Lakers have a deal with him on the low because we cut oh, him. You know they, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's yeah. wink wing, you're gonna come back. But if AD comes back, uh, I, I would let JaVel McGee go get Boogie and we have a healthy Boogie, healthy Dwight AD and get a point guard. It's wraps. But we have to see what happens because we're in a standstill. If yeah. the season returns or if this until then, we just gotta hope, you know, hopefully it comes through, man. He said, Javel McGee, what's gonna happen? I don't care, go right to the bench. Yeah. Like, he's still a good player, you're still gonna play, but yeah, he's gonna play, but yeah. AD needs to play the five. Like, yeah. like you stole like my words from like five months ago. 
Cause I was looking at it, bro. I've been saying that shit for years. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody on the Clippers can guard AD when he's at, at center. Nobody. They choose the Clippers. Is, the only thing the Clippers have going for them is that they got a way. They they, they got two starting fives, and they could just easily overwhelm you. Like just because they got two starting fives, yeah. it's just it's just a numbers game. It's just like like with LeBron, like like how the Warriors were. Yeah. So it's just a numbers game. They got they they have a deep ass team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know. Um, you know, Lou Williams, he can take over a game by himself for stretchers. And he can be at that wrong stretch when it's four minutes left. And, you know, Lou Williams, he can go. He can go and tear it up. So, like, but that game, that game, man, that last game versus the Clippers was was it right there. That was the blueprint right there to how to beat them. Exactly. Lou Williams is a liability on defense, and Kawhi wasn't. That's the LeBron I want to see. Give me the ball, go to work, post move. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. That game, they had to take Lou Williams out because LeBron was so smart, man. Yep. They was just doing the pick and roll, making them switch all the time, you know? And um, yeah, they they took Lou Williams out. That was the the the, the blueprint is right there for them. The blueprint is right there. But yeah, also, Ward you know, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, Wojnowski tweeted something. I'll just send it to you so you can read it first so people can listen. But for me, everybody's talking about the Clippers have a deep bench. I get that, but their defense is not as good as making it seem, you know, with the whole no. load management thing, the whole load management, you know, they gave up 139 points versus Memphis. You know, they gave up a lot of points. You know, the media doesn't like to, Oh, the Clippers have bad nights, but when we give up 140 points, LeBron can't play defense. We're not good. I just don't understand. Cause if I was in the NBA and I heard people talking about me, I would call somebody, hey, let's talk about it. You know, you know, if I was in that to do. that's what they want you to do. Don't do that. Nah, but you got to understand the Clippers. The Clippers and the Lakers, any contended team, are really just built for only three months. If this was a, a regular NBA season, it would be April, May, and June. That's what these NBA, these, these contending NBA teams are only built for, pretty much. So they're going to let things slip away during the regular season and stuff. You know, um, so I just I just think that like when people, they talk about the Clippers, mm-hmm. when it matters – the Clippers can and will defend. You know, you got Paul George on the wing, really good defender. You already got you know Kawhi. You know, Patrick Beverly, he's just a pest. I don't think I don't see him as a stopper. He's just a pest. You know, but yeah. he plays hard and you know, he does little things. He wins games on defense. Yeah. You know I, yeah. Very annoying. Speaking of Patrick Beverly, I had a debate with Clipper Darrell about <laughs> your brother Ron Test, who's better, and I picked Ron. And yeah, but overall though, but <laughs> I was just talking about Clipper about Ron and Patrick Beverly. Ron Tess would eat that's up Patrick comical. Beverly. That, that's comical. The post. That comical. Yeah, man, I don't even have. I don't even have a damn. Um, <laughs> like, no, but man. no, but I was I was uh, debating about like Ron Tess is one of the best defenders of all time. Of course, mm-hmm. like seriously, yeah. it's not. And it's he, not no debate. Well, Daniel Ortez put it, the numbers on his Instagram, and I screenshot it, and like when Ron Tess regarding certain players, the numbers of figures would be down. Yeah. The only one that his football, the only numbers that went up versus Ron was Kobe's. But everybody else drops down. LeBron, yeah. Kobe, Kobe and Ron had battles, man. When Ron should have had, had that championship in Indiana. Yeah. Listen, I like Clipper Darrow. He was on my show. He's on yeah, your hey, show. Hey, Clipper Darrow's a good, at the end of the day, I just outside of basketball, he's a good dude, man. That was just a bias. That was just a bias. Yeah. Thing. Just check yeah. the numbers. See, Patrick Beverly, he's a pest. Like I said, he's yeah. not locking nobody up. I mean, Russell well, Westbrook said that. Russell yeah. Westbrook said that. Yeah, but I wish Jordan was in today's NBA and just want to see how they would go against each other. 
it wouldn't be nothing. Yeah. Jordan's going to take his little ass in the post. It, it, Jordan would literally, yeah. Go, see, Jordan would, would literally just drop like fifty-seven <laughs> on him. <laughs> yeah, be nothing. He would he would take his heart away from him because of how Jordan is. Yeah, you know? but I just man, I wish Jordan was same with Kobe. Kobe was in today's NBA, fifty, forty, you know. But young Kobe, young Kobe, young, young Kobe, Kobe, number yeah. number eight, Kobe, number eight. Number you know. Eight. That'd be cool. Even, even early can, number 24. Yeah. Number 24, yeah. yeah it's crazy, you want, man. You don't want that 81-year Kobe, though. But uh, I guess uh, the uh, Adam Silver, I'm going to read it. Adam Silver left. 2006. The, yeah, but a lot of it's looking like we're moving more momentum towards the season coming back. Adam Silver feels positive about the meeting today. Hopefully. So that's good. No, as, long as, as long as people are healthy, man. Yeah. Man, young test, but, I want to ask you one question. All right, go ahead. Lakers or Clippers in a seven game oh, I, series. I got, the, I got the Lakers winning it all this year, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like the only reason why I want the Lakers to win it all is because I'm just tired of the whole LeBron nonsense, all the hate that he be getting and stuff. It's just annoying. You know what I'm saying? Listen, jo- all right, we get it. Jordan's six for six in the finals. Kobe's five and two in the finals. LeBron's three and six. You know what I'm saying? But listen, I'd rather go nine times to be three and six than be six and oh. Mm-hmm. LeBron, that means nine times out of seventy out of seventeen years, mm-hmm. which is basically fifty three percent of his entire NBA career, LeBron James was either first or second place in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't understand how that's crazy. Nobody's doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like Jordan went to the final six times out of whatever. Yes, he won all of them. That's cool. Yeah. But like you know, let's take in the stock that you know as well. Mike LeBron was either he was competing, he was competing his over half his career. He was competing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, it's, it's three and six, but I, I don't know, man. He's there. He's there. But he has rings though. So I don't, like I used to like he, he was, was, he was yeah. an underdog in the finals. Um, out of the nine times, I think seven of them against Dallas he was underdogs versus um nope versus the Spurs. Oh yeah, Spurs. Versus, um, even Oklahoma City, they okay. were underdog. Even though under Oklahoma City, when he was in Miami, there was an underdog with that. There was underdog with the Warriors, you know, all mm. the Warriors series. So that's what. How many times they played in the finals against the Warriors? What three? Yeah. Mm. But he's three. You know, Steph Curry got three rings. So yeah, yeah so Steph got three. Time. But but let me ask you this: This is something I have debate with my other friend. His name is Isaiah. Lives in Sacramento, and I told him this, and he said that LeBron James block. Was the main reason that they won, and I that that was the time I criticized LeBron. I was like, Kyrie Irving shot won him the game. What are your thoughts about that? You think Kyrie won him that game because of that shot, or was it because of the block? It was both. I think it was both because Kyrie okay. and LeBron was playing okay. like crazy. Okay, I mean because yeah. that shot that he had on uh, Steph, you remember the shot Man. that uh, that that fadeaway shot that Kyrie did on Steph? I mean, he made Steph look like a second-rate defender there. Man. Like, <laughs> But yeah, but that was a classic finals, man. That's when he uh earned my respect. He shut me up that finals. Kyrie, my bad, LeBron. Curry. You shut me up. All right. No, my bad. <laughs> you know, I own up to my mistakes. My bad, LeBron. Salute. You know? Yeah, man. So um I'm gonna go ahead and end the show on that note, man. I like I said before, I, I do appreciate y'all coming on. This was yeah. like the longest ranch show I've ever had. Like, yeah. I love this conversation. Yeah. And me too, man. I would yeah. definitely uh, want to do this again sometime uh, next week, if possible, on somebody's yeah. show. Yeah. 
Okay. Any final remarks, Daniel? Yeah, um, it's a great show, man. Um, the whole documentary is a great show. You know, um, I think my favorite moment was when um, the NBA, the NBA players, like in the All Star game, was talking about Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he was that young talking about him, like, yo, how he just goes at everybody without bringing the ball to him. Then he was only in the NBA for 16 months, and then they already had, you know, all these stories about him. I thought that was the dopest part of the um, whole um, documentary experience for me. Um, but all in all, man, I'm enjoying it, man. I just can't wait till these last two episodes come. I wish it was longer, but, you know, hey, man, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, um, I hope they get into the story more of the season because that's what I want to see now. I want to see more of the, the 98 season. So hopefully they get more into that instead of going back and forth. But other than that, I don't really have no complaints. Yeah, I want to know what y'all want to see in the next coming episode. So you already gave me yours. So Big Bay, what about you? Um, I, I just want to see a good finish of the series. But overall, I'm glad that they brought the series out so we can get in-depth of Michael Jordan, how he did stuff. You know, it's amazing how he gave Scottie Pippen a shout-out. You know, it's cool that he did that, you know. Looking forward to the last two episodes, you know. I'm going to have to go back because I missed season uh, the first episode. So I'm going to have to go all the way back and see season one. Oh, man. You can yeah, missing I, an episode. I'm doing something that day. Mm. Okay. <laughs> So, yes, man, like I, like I said, we're going to end the show. And then, though, man, I, like I said, appreciate y'all. And we're out. Right, Kobe, one love. If you love the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 